good. What'd you end up getting up there total? Uh, did over a foot, I think like 13, 14 inches in Somerville. We got hammered. Are you pumped about that? No, it sucks. And so I found out the hard way because my last apartment, I had a driveway. So I never really thought twice about parking. So like I was the ambitious oh, that's right. guy. You're on the driveway, right? No. So I like shoveled out my car like that day when it snowed at like 3 p.m. I'm like, nice. I'm good. All these idiots waited. Their car is <laughs> going to be covered in ice. The next day I went and hung out with Jill and Dan for a few hours, get back to my place at like 1030 at night. Some fucking asshole stole my parking spot. I mean, are you shocked? You well, it's on the street, on right? I, I definitely shouldn't have been shocked. I was just not thinking. Like, I assumed these fucking assholes would take the spots that they shoveled out, not watch me shovel out my spot for an hour, and then take it as soon as I leave. And that pissed me off beyond belief. You got played. <laughs> I got totally. So what do you have to do? Go out and dig a new, dig a new spot. No, it was like 1030 at night. Thank God I had my Jeep. So I just drove over like a half shoveled spot with a bunch of snow and I had to park there for a couple days, but I got my spot back, which is good. God, it's miserable. I hate the snow so much. Yeah. Snow in the city makes it that that much worse. That much worse. uh, Absolutely. Yeah. There's only so many places you can put the snow. (laughs) There's nowhere, dude. So I'm like literally shoveling out my car with a foot of snow, just building a fortress on the other side on the curb. (laughs) And then the plows just push all of it to the side closest to my house. So you have a two foot just mound taking up a third of the road there. Yeah. I'll send you guys a video. So the biggest snowblower i've ever seen in my life came through today it was the size of what do you call those things that like <clears throat> roll out asphalt you know what like i mean a steamroller yeah like it looked like a steamroller but a snowblower sucking up the snow driving like a foot in front of it was a dump truck filling the back of a dump truck with snow for a snowblower driving up and down the streets it's like that's pretty wild i've never seen that before wow well, yeah i thought I thought it was cool. <laughs> the, innova- the innovation of uh, snow moving is is Something out of that's fascinating, out of Jared. Hey, it's, I'm pretty fucking bored these days. I'm sitting, working from home. Holy shit! Do you guys see that? I, he's like a little dog looking out the window. I, I honestly thought to myself, I'm like, I'm like a toddler. I'm looking out the window, just watching the truck drive by right now. Wow! Look at the shiny truck. This is what quarantine's done to us. Quarantine and working from home has been super quiet this week. So what's the deal um, up there? When we go up there, we're going to be able to go out to like a restaurant or something? Yeah, we'll just have to make sure we go to a place that like is obviously still open. Um, everywhere seems to be closing for the winter. Like every single day I see another place around me saying, hey, we're shutting down for the winter. Wow. So we'll just have to scout out and see by this weekend coming up. Or, yeah, next. Yeah, this, this Saturday, right? This coming Saturday. weekend. Yeah. By this Saturday. Um where is it open? Like even when Adam came up, we went to this place. Like they have really good food, really good, usually drink selection. And they were like, yeah, we only have a few beers on tap. We don't know how much longer we're going to be open for the winter. So like, I think everything afford to just shut it down now. I think the idea is just lower your cost to the bare, bare minimum. So no food cost, no, um, Staff, like your rent, your insurance, your liquor license, and pray you can cover that. I, I think had, most uh, of these restaurants, when they're open, they're losing money. Like I don't think they're they're able to pay their staff, which is good for the staff, 
but I think most days that they open, they lose money. Yeah, they're definitely yeah, not I, I making a profit. Yeah, like that's that's kind of crazy to think of. You're like, yeah, well, obviously I want to stay open, but if every day I'm open, cost me twelve hundred dollars for my bank account or five thousand right. dollars or whatever it may be. Like that's pretty yeah. damn awful. At some point, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, even if you're going to be spending money either way. You're spending a yeah. lot more staying open. So yeah, hopefully we can find a spot. It'd be great to be able to go out. Yeah, we, we definitely will be able to, um, night shift night shift was legit. When we went there, they had, Ty, you would love this. They have like really good spiked seltzers and they came out with, what was it, Adam? 10% this, this yeah. spiked seltzer nice. that I love there. Ass, strong ass cider. Dude, it literally tasted like you were just drinking a soda water and it was 10%. It was absolutely nice. delicious. Yeah. So, so we get some options. Maybe we can get some uh, some some nice cold stale Detroit style pizza. Oh, possibly yeah. ice cold. <laughs> so, what do we want to get into today? I mean, I think we should talk about your trip first. Oh yeah, the road trip. Yeah, the road trip. Yeah. Your own version, a long way around in a what, long what car did you take? Northeast. <laughs> Not the work car. I took the Ford Fusion. In the Ford Fusion, long way up. Things a piece. Um. <laughs> They don't even make them anymore, right? No. Oh, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> they discontinued it. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, it wasn't. It really wasn't that bad. I mean, Eric, so Eric and I woke up, took off from Texas at around 7 on um, Friday, uh, got to Nashville around 5. So it was basically just like a work day. You know what I mean? It took us about nine hours um, to get from Texas to Nashville. Did you get a hotel in Nashville? I got a hotel right, uh, like pretty much right across the street from Chris's apartment complex. Nice. Yeah. So we were able to wake up, took off at five the next morning and rolled into town at 11, um, you know, PM that night, obviously. So that was a long fucking day. We did like 1100 miles. Um, but it was so much better just tanking through it, you know, and knowing that, we were going to be able to sleep in a bed, you know, that was somewhat our own. Yeah. You know I mean, um, so it was good. So you drove from what, at what time to what time from Nashville to 5 a.m. to 11 p.m. Oof, that's a day. Yeah. At least it wasn't overnight. Nope. Nope. We tried yeah, to minimize. So, that, so that's good. Yeah. Good tried planning. to minimize the time we were driving at night. Um, so who was in the car? Me, Erica, Chris, and Maddie. Oh, so your dad didn't come down? No. Okay. No, I think that's, that, why that's what you came. said the original plan was, right? It Erica was, was going to yeah. fly and your dad yeah. was going to come down. Yeah, and, and it ended up being a good thing because my dad's flight ended up getting canceled anyway with the weather. He wouldn't have been able really? to get down. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah. Blessing in disguise. Yeah, I would have been on, on my own to Nashville, which wouldn't have been a big deal, but um, it, was, it was good. I mean, the dog was great. I mean, I definitely was like, I don't want to be inside a car, <laughs> you know, again for a little while. But yeah. overall, nothing to complain about. Yeah, it's crazy the only... too is we as we kept going east, you know, it, it was like snow like that much in Virginia. And then as we kept going east, it was just getting bigger, bigger, bigger yeah. on the side of the road <laughs> all the way home. So yeah, because you guys got in so late Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. So by then all the snow was still pretty damn fresh. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of it. It didn't even start melting until maybe like yesterday. Like even this weekend, like I trying to go for a walk. All my fucking walking trails are covered in snow. I gotta get some snowshoes or something. You got little trails? <laughs> yeah, dude. There's tons of parks around me. So like, I'll I'll go walk to park and just like get some fresh air, surround myself by some greenery in the city. You don't have any cool. boots to throw on? 
I, yeah, but like when I say unkept, like these were literally not even oh, shoveled. They're not even doing any up. So like at all. Okay. eight inches of snow on them, not walking through that in boots. Um. Oh, you're gonna you're not gonna have any shortage of places to do your morning walk when you move to Colorado, right? I don't know. There'll be no shortage of parks there. <laughs> Ty's no trying to convince me to move to Colorado, either. Adam. Okay. Um. Any specific, just just to get the hell out of the Northeast, <laughs> or I feel like we've heard this, heard you wanting to move somewhere quite a bit. So why Colorado this time? Well, so there's potentially a job opening there, and he thinks that I should move to Colorado and take the job there. Ooh, what does Mo think? I don't know. Um, it's it's definitely like it intrigues me. I would, I've gone back and forth over the last couple of days. At first, I was like, hell no. I'm like, I'm done moving. I've moved <laughs> so <no>. much. <laughs> um, and then after that, I was like, I don't know. I guess if I looked at it as like, it could just be an adventure. Like, move out there with a the mindset of if I were to move out there, it'd be for a few years. Enjoy living in a place that's always been on my bucket list. Broncos country, beautiful outdoors. Oh, I wasn't even thinking about that. Dude, well, yeah, that's the first incredible. thing I thought of when I when you yeah. just mentioned it. Yeah, that's where you could bring um, customers to the Broncos games. You could get a sweep. Yep. Mo's would be living at Mile High. Ooh. Oh, that'd be incredible. We just need a quarterback. Maybe I'll be the quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> but that's um, the real reason why you're going. So, Try so outs. I think that that part intrigues me. Like, if I were to move anywhere, Denver would be one of the few places I would consider. Is like I, yeah. I do think I would enjoy like having access to all the outdoors. Like Colorado is beautiful. And they're, I feel like they're my people. They're just a bunch of hippies. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like I told Dan, I was like, Hey, um, like this job may open up. Um, just like bouncing off. And he's like, dude, people in Colorado are our spirit animals. Like, or he said, they're like our spirit people. It's like, right. I would totally agree with that. Right. So I don't know. I, I mean, by no means am I making any quick decisions. The job's not even open. Um, so if it does, I'll consider it more seriously, but who knows? That'd be awesome, that'd be, dude. That would be fucking awesome. Yeah. I'd be so jealous. I was thinking, though, I, uh, thinking of Ty's trip, I think the only thing I have to compare that to in terms of, like, similar distance is when Steve dude, and I you, drove yeah, down. Yeah, you've a, done it. That's a, that's as long of a trip. Yeah. I, so it's like a 1,300-mile like trip. And Ooh, when, it's when a mileage. Were, yeah. And, I mean, if I, if I ever did that again, I would consider it only if we did what? Ty just described, you know, getting to one destination and getting a hotel and actually getting some good sleep and then getting up early the next day where Steve and I just powered through from 24 straight hours, right? Yeah, it was fucking brutal. And the last thing I ever wanted to do after that was drive even 30 minutes. And the worst part actually was when we eventually, you know, we were driving from Coventry to actually no Newport to uh, Tampa to see Mike and we get into Florida and we're like, fuck yeah, we're in Florida. We still had eight fucking hours to go because Tampa is obviously <laughs> a lot further south. Dude, that's like right so fucking brutal. Probably the most demoralizing part of the trip. That on top of me getting pulled over and getting a super speeder ticket. Um, actually, that was probably the worst part. I, I'm changing. So you guys way. didn't stop at all. We stopped to like, so we had the dogs. We stopped to like dude. get gas and let the dogs out. That was oh, it. Those fucking oh, yeah, dogs. that's it. We had the dogs. Did, did, you, stop, did you stop and get a meal? Um, if you call McDonald's a meal, then so yes. you, you didn't leave the car <laughs> then for fucking McDonald's. Not even you probably went through the drive through, right? Yeah, we did drive through. And the only time you I got out of the car savages. was to, 
I mean, we wanted to get down there and I was like, yeah, we can, we can power through it. And we did, but I would never want to do something like that again. Was, was I would, bundle of joy, Kelsey or uh, Rachel in the car or no? It was just Steve and I and the dogs. So I was, I'm sure Rachel was just texting them. You better get here in the next 19 and a half hours. <laughs> what? So, so she it, flew? She flew. I believe she was going to fly out like the day after we left or two days after we left. So yeah, Steve and I, we actually, actually drove her car and drove down just i wonder if steve thinks dogs. about those dogs for a second of his life anymore i mean probably not that much anymore and he i know he loves those dogs i know he loved those dogs i'm sure he does think about it he was pretty fucked up the way she left and everything he didn't get to say goodbye but the reason i wanted to bring up some interesting facts about ty's trip because it just got me thinking just like it made me think of my trip, and then I started. Hey, thinking, hold on! Okay. Before I, before I let you go, is is Steve gonna come Saturday night, the twenty sixth? We can throw it out. To, I actually, yeah, we, he, he wasn't yeah, we should, trip, we, let's, we can let's throw text it out him to him. See if he can, he's available. Perfect. Um, so I got me thinking. You know, I, I looked up, and so Ty, you drove about the equivalent of, I would say, close to you know, one thousand seven hundred and fifty miles by my count, give or take. That's about what you drove, assuming you went the route that Google Maps took me. So I'm imagining it's pretty similar to that. How long do you guys think his trip would have taken if you walked? Oh, my God. Can you imagine? No. But how long do you Um, think it would take, Ty? I don't know. I'm trying to think of how many miles I could walk in a day. I bet bet you Google Maps would give you maybe like 25 miles a day because they're not counting like sleep. Or breaks. No, I think they're they're assuming you're just going. So so what, what do you through. say? It was eleven hundred and fifty. No, one thousand seven hundred and fifty miles. I don't think you could do twenty five miles in a day, even if you were. That's a lot of well, fucking miles. I think miles they're counting that as a twenty four hour period. Like it, it, with Google Maps math, like oh, you could easily do a mile an hour. I, Not in real, like in real you life, you couldn't. You're, okay, gotcha. Yeah, just so assuming if, that if you're you, just trucking along the whole time. Yeah, so if you did 25 miles a day, 70 days, you'd get there. (laughs) (laughs) So what's 70 days from today? Two months and 10 days. You'd get there in fucking March. (laughs) All right, well, Google Maps had it. If you just walked and didn't stop, Yeah, it would be 24 days. Okay. 24 days just going straight Of your legs never stopping once. Never stopping. No, Not going to the bathroom. Not oh, I guess snack. you could do it while you're moving. 24 days. Th- Imagine those people who do the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. No. Fuck George, that. What That's... is it? Georgia to Maine? They I would like... like to do part of that trail. No, it's, it's Florida to Maine. I thought it's uh, coast to coast all the way, I thought. I don't know where it starts. Do you know, Adam? Is it Florida well, or Georgia? I th- I don't think it goes into Florida. Maybe yeah, I'm thinking of the. It stops. Um, I think it stops around Georgia because Georgia, Florida's, Tennessee, maybe somewhere around there. Florida's pretty damn flat. That, so, that, yeah. Doesn't the bike path go all the way down to Florida? <laughs> maybe. That's maybe that does. I think so. Yeah. yeah, the bike path, I'm pretty sure does. All right. You, you can get that harrow and just get back yeah. to the bike path. <laughs> so right. are we doing? Are you trying to set us up for a long trip, and we're just going to backpack and walk? Well, I, I, for, I our, wasn't... for our Miami trip that we're, we're never going to plan. <laughs> we, we could walk down. I mean, we might have to take some time <laughs> off from work. I could teach just, remotely as, I'm, as we're walking. Just, just walk it, talk it. <laughs> <into> <laughs> <this>. <laughs> hey, turn your camera you on. You can do it from your phone, right? 
Sure, I can. I can Google, get Google doing Meet. a little Google Hangout on the iPhone. Sure. Yeah, Probably got not? more horsepower on that thing than your Chromebook. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, my Chromebook is the base model of like it's like my Honda CRV, just four wheels and an engine. All right. Speaking of bikes, how long would it take you to ride a bike? If it's twenty-four days walking, how many days would it take you just riding a bike straight from Dallas to Coventry? Thirteen uh, hours. Thirteen hours. Thir- thirteen hours. <laughs> what are you? Hey, thirteen days. Thirteen days. Thirteen days. <laughs> okay. All right, thirteen. Um, yeah, I mean, shit. I'd probably say something like that, like twelve, eleven, or twelve days. So, I actually was surprised. It's seven days. Now I don't know how fast this bike is going. And again, no sleep. You never no sleep, get to stop pedaling. Nothing. Seven days. One week. I feel like that seems a little. That seems like a lot less than I would have thought. And a uh, mere plane ride would have taken you four hours. So. <laughs> That's depressing. Yeah, when you think about it. All right, I got some more stuff. Okay. Not more a stuff. Lot. More we got more things. More stuff. So again, I used. I think the exact mileage was like. 1738, but I just rounded up to 1750. So that is the equivalent of, and it made me think of long way up a little bit. That's the equivalent of driving from Dallas to Guatemala, which I found interesting. That's also the equivalent of driving from Rome to Warsaw, Poland. I can't even picture that in my head. That doesn't, I mean, if you look at a map, it's kind that surprised the hell out of me. I, I would have thought that they were much further separated, but I guess not nearly as much as I thought. Another one I found was from Sri Lanka, which is the island south of India, up to Tibet would be the equivalent travel. And also, if you wanted to go across the Atlantic Ocean at its shortest distance, if you left from Senegal, so that would be... (laughs) Where are you finding Western? I, I did the research. If you went from Senegal... Which is, um, which is the west coast of Africa, to the northeast coast of Brazil, it would be about 1,600 miles. So you'd be able to make it across the Atlantic, which, again, that's, a, that's at its shortest possible distance. And it would you also be... Down, Jared, for when we do these trips in the future? Absolutely. Yep. Good. Yep. Good. And it would also be the equivalent of me driving to work and back 58 times. <laughs> <laughs> that's Imagine actually doing the that best. That's really what I. In two yeah, days. That's, that's really what I want to see is just Adam back, <laughs> forth, back, forth. All right. Fifty-eight complete round trips. Fifty-eight complete round trips would be so the there equivalent back of Ty's is trip. One, you have to do that fifty-eight, 58 times. times. That's brutal. Yeah. Like, if you made me do that, dude, I think I would probably drive off the highway. Yeah. Like, like ten in would kind of be you'd be bored. Twenty in, like this really sucks. 40 in you're only two-thirds done i'm like i can't do this i would need a lot of uh somewhere in the middle episodes to get me through and a lot of drugs raisin to like an elephant like it <laughs> it's not even on the same like if you're comparing it's literally apples to <laughs> sound like biden um yeah there so those are your uh travel facts for uh i love how we do more research for stupid things like that than we do the actual things that we talk about that matter but i did all I of it. that I did all of that like it was like noon on Sunday and I'm just waiting for NFL red zone to start. And I did all my shopping. I pretty much did everything I wanted to do that day other than watch football. And I just, I started thinking hmm, this might be interesting. So there we go. Incredible. That's an hour wormhole. I know. 
Fast How disappointing day. were those games on Saturday? The Florida Bama one ended up being a good oh, game. Oh, I, th- I thought you were talking one. about Sunday. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about my picks. Oh, um, well, that too. But yeah, I was so pumped. I was like, dude, we're going to have some good games on Saturday and just all smacked. Well, down, other than I mean, Bama, did, did you watch the Florida Bama game? No, that was the one I didn't watch. That, that was, was like fucking one. fireworks. It was back and fucking. forth. It was, and what it was happened? Just... Some guy threw a shoe. Well, no, that was the LSU game. Oh, that was okay. Marco Wilson. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. But I, I that, saw Eric calling for a couple people's heads on Twitter afterwards. Dude, he, honestly, was, he was ready to fire some people. Is in. Honestly, watching that game, dude, I was calling for some heads too. Maybe not as many heads as him, but that was Who, like, whose head? I I want Marco Wilson's head. Who's that? That's the fucking cornerback that decided to throw the fucking shoe fifty yards across the field when we should have made LSU punt after that and get the ball back and probably score. But you know who the quarterback was for LSU? No. Brad Johnson's son. Really? Yeah. Super What's random. his name? I forgot. But I Something just know Johnson. Brad jo- Something Johnson. Sure is. He's a freshman, so kudos to him. But yeah, that was a that was a rough one. But yeah. Not as rough as our picks. Over four. So we were out what? Sixty bucks. Sixty, yeah. No, sixty bucks. Yeah, sixty bucks. Unbelievable. I really thought we were gonna have it too. Dude. Well what, what if all right, out. let's make this a little spicy. What if for every week the losing streak continues, the betting amount goes up ten bucks? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. See, you really think it will make it all the way back to you. Dude, at this rate, I don't feel that confident in any of us. So, so, doing so, it that, right now. so that means if it did make it back to you, it would be so twenty five this week, thirty five would be forty five bucks. Again, I mean, I would hope. No, I still don't want to do that. Let's let's try to win with fifteen, and then we'll go up. How about that? I want to do that. Fifteen doesn't even give me a chub. I want to play with some big money. Let's go. This is how it all starts. And when football ends, we're gonna have to do basketball. We'll do a little basketball parlays. So th- I mean, yeah, I just never think of betting basketball. Think about it. So some of those parlays, you'd be like, would bet fifteen to win like eighty. So that means if we were to bet 150, you'd walk out with a fucking grant. <laughs> or we'd be out. We at this point, we'd be out six hundred dollars. Uh, this is what the people say. Like, like but you only got to hit once. So you hit that fourth time to win eight hundred. You've made up for your six hundred lost plus an extra two hundred profit. Two hundred to cover. The more you talk is making the math. Not want to do that. That math made sense. I, I, I'm saying, yeah, I'm in. Adam, what am I in on going $10 each time? Yeah. 10x multiplier each time. What if we win next? So like Jared's picks win. What happens? We, we go keep back going up. 15. We just go back down to 15. Yeah, I'm cool with that. We'll go back down to 50. So our punishment for losing. <laughs> <laughs> How about this? Would it be more fun if every time we win, it goes up 10? Because then we're playing with house money. Probably makes more sense. That would definitely make more sense. And I would right, so definitely let's be get a on win board on the board, that. boys. Let's, let's get win, win first. Let's, yeah, let's not. And, and I told, like I forgot opposite. that this was my, my week to make a bet. So I didn't look at any scores. So I'll need to, we'll make a little addition. I want to take the, the paths. We're looking good. Dude, did you see my text <laughs> on Sunday? I said the same thing to my dad. I was like, this is the first time I watched Cam since like early in the season. He might be the worst quarterback I've ever seen throw a football. Dude, I've had to watch it every week. Oh my god! It's not good. It's not good at all. It's worse he, than not good. He's got no 
foot positioning, no footwork. He's got a terrible throwing motion. He's missing wide open guys with like herky jerk mechanics. Like, dude, you look like you've never played quarterback in your life. I know it's crazy. But you know what the funny thing is though? When he was at his best, he still didn't have mechanics. He which was is just like the crazy part. He was just enough uh, to get away with it. Yeah, just you know, over the over the years, like he's not like a Lamar Jackson or a Kyler Murray where he slides. He fucking was a fullback going through going between between the tackles for almost ten years. You're bigger than a fullback. Yeah, fucking defensive end. Pounds. It, eventually, that those hits take their toll, and like he can run, but it's not the same. So it, it's close like, to the same. It's even worse, I'm sure, for a Patriots fan going from what you had to what you have now. I'm sure that's even. Mr. Fundamentals yeah. to Mr. No Fundamentals. Yeah. In the last 17 games, five touchdowns, 10 picks. 31 that's teams absurd. passed on that's, like that that's worse good. than Drew Locke. Right. <laughs> I that's think bad. he might be the worst quarterback in the league. Like, I mean, if you're not counting like these random backups that come in. Yeah, like actual starters. Like if you start like a he's, minimum of like he's X bottom, amount of games. Bottom of the barrel. I mean, and say check half out. the backups are probably better than him. And then he's th- he's throwing to the worst wide receiving core in the NFL. The worst wide receiving core I've ever seen. Yeah. Like your like, terrible wide receiver cores of Kembrell Tompkin and Aaron Dobson were better than this better. <laughs> Those guys were better. <laughs> Dude, Doug Gabriel, Rache Caldwell. Like you've always had scrubs in New England and they were still. Never like this. Dude. Demir Bird and Jacoby Myers as your number one receiver. Dude, those those yeah, guys Jacoby should be Myers is our five number one receivers. Receiver. Yeah, but dude, it, you know what's crazy though? His MVP season. You know his top three receivers were a fat ass Kelvin Benjamin, <laughs> just yeah, Philly, I mean, he's huge. Corey Philly Brown, who I had no idea who he was coming into that season. He went to Ohio State and Jericho Cotchery. Yeah, that's it, pretty. That's pretty insane. Also, Greg Olson was in there, and he was very good. And you can throw him right. as a, a receiver, but still, I'm just saying, like, it's not the first time he's had a shitty supporting cast, and he he made a lot of, you know, he made a lot out of nothing at then. But he just doesn't have it anymore. Considering it Kelvin he, Benjamin he was out of the league, out of he makes nothing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Kelvin Benjamin was out of the league two years after that. Shouldn't he was we a start? Three hundred pound receiver by the time he left. Carolina. He's a big, thick boy. He's a thick Shouldn't boy. we start fucking... He's chonk. Yeah, big time um, chonk. Shouldn't we fucking start Stidham these last two games? I don't understand. I would. You get nothing to lose. I mean, is, I mean, is Stidham going to be there next year? I would, uh, like, guarantee. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. so, yeah, I would say absolutely. Like, what's the, you're, out of the, you're out of playoff contention. Why have a guy who's not coming back next year be your starting quarterback? Well, let's let Bill answer that. So, Coach... Uh, Listen, I know you were just talking about not scoring a touchdown the last couple of games, and I know it's not just one person, but can a change of quarterback kind of help you guys uh, get in the end zone? Yeah, I mean, we've we talked about that. So is, is Cam still your starter this week? Yeah, we, we've talked about that question. It's been several weeks that we've continued to ask the same question. I'm well, I think – yeah, and I understand that, you know, but I think now, um, now you guys, I know you've been eliminated from the playoffs officially. You're just wondering with a couple games left, is is that is there anything change as far as that goes? I mean, is, that right, could be a change. You question every week, Luke. Yeah, every week you ask if something's changed. And I well, told well you it has answer. changed, though, because you guys have been eliminated, right? So maybe you, you look at Stidham the last two weeks?
Okay. Um, well, no, because I'm just saying because I, I do wonder what that fine line, what the, how do you balance it, right? I mean, it's I don't know if it's just because we're watching Cam Newton play, and I, and I think myself and people that watch it, there's a struggle with him moving the football downfield, throwing the football, and we're just looking at. It. I don't know if it's Stidham's not showing what he needs in practice to once you're eliminated to give him a couple games just to see what he looks like in a game as a starter. Yeah. No, great point, though. <laughs> it's like, fuck you, Lou. <laughs> All right, so I got I got a quick stat for you. So I looked up the QBR rankings as of right now. Yeah. Cam Newton stands at 29th in terms of QBR, total QBR, like the overall ranking of how mm-hmm. good of a quarterback you are at that, you know, for the season. And the only people that have a worse QBR than him are Nick Mullins, Nick Foles, and Sam Darnold. And what do they all have in common? They haven't started a full season. Yeah. So by, you know, based on this, Cam Newton is the worst quarterback in the league right now. And, and let's, let's just take everybody back to two games into the season when they were talking about, does Cam cash in with an MVP season here and sign right, a long-term right. extension? Right. Yeah, everyone's like, man, this is why you bring Cam in and Belichick. Belichick find- did it See, again. That, and, can- and that was the thing. And and we've been, I mean, and I'll give them credit because a lot of the times these moves have worked out for the Patriots. So, of course, everyone assumed, well, here here he goes again. He's He's playing the whole league. I mean, and I kept saying, and I'll continue saying it, if anyone's watched Cam New in the last two years, I don't think you guys know what you're getting. I didn't think he'd be this bad. I, I, I'm not going to say I thought he'd be this bad, but yeah, I thought he'd not. come in and be middle of the pack. Right. I, I was thinking at, I was thinking like maybe middle not of the pack, maybe a little less than that. No, no. For, and for someone who's not asked to, to do that much. Right. Cause look, I mean, we, we have God awful receiving corps, but at the end of the day, like he misses so many open receivers. It's not even funny. Yeah. He's not meant to sit in the pocket and just dink and no. dunk. That's never been who he, who he's ever been. So it's tougher when you, you don't have the same athleticism and he has to stand into a pocket and throw to yeah, they, they don't. You guys don't run a lot of like play action boot and like get him out of the pocket type plays. Do you No, no. Cause he just, he's not the same. He's not, not as agile. Like you see him like with the exception of last week where he did it to like a defensive tackle. He never makes the juke. He just plows through. He a never, guy. No, he just falls to the ground. He'll either slip when he tries to make that cut move or just dives headfirst like into their ankles. Like, cause he, he just kind of gives up on the play and he's trying to yeah. you know, preserve himself. He's just not the same. Yeah. It, I remember highlights dude of him, like, you know, dropping back to pass decides to run whether it was designed or not. And he's like literally splitting safeties running by them. He was, dude, he was a freak. He was a freak. And it's just eventually that stuff, is going to run any, out. And, any player is going to lose that athleticism yeah, exactly. at 31, 32, whatever. Mm-hmm. So who would you rather play for as a coach, uh, Bill Belichick or Tom Cruise? <laughs> I mean, based on the way Tom Cruise uh, motivates his staff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sure you're going to play it, but I'm kind of on Tom Cruise's side here. All right. Let's play it. I will discuss. You're back there in Hollywood making movies right now because of us! Because they believe in us and what we're doing! I'm on the phone with every studio at night! Insurance companies! 
producers. And they're looking at us and using us to make their movies. We are creating thousands of jobs, you I don't ever want to see it again. Ever. And if you don't do it, you're fired. And if I see you do it again, you're gone. And anyone on this crew does it. That's it. And you too. And you too. And you. Don't you ever do it again. <laughs> That's it. No apologies. You can tell it to the people that are losing their homes because our industry is shut down. It's not going to put food on their table or pay for their college education. Like every time he pauses, I think like, all right, he's he's done, and then he just nope. fucking goes off again. <laughs> so I'm sorry, I'm beyond your apologies. I have told you, and now I want it. And if you don't do it, you're out. We are not shutting this movie down. Is it understood? If I see it again, you're gone. And so are you. So you're going to cost him his job. And I see it on the set, you're gone. And you're gone. That's it. Am I Good God in heaven. Doesn't it make you love the guy? All right, so what do you think, Adam? You're on his side. Do you like it? Well, I guess the, I mean, I'm not all for him, like, berating people. Like, just, like, saying, like, you motherfuckers and all that stuff. But, I mean, I'm assuming somebody wasn't following a COVID protocol. Someone didn't have a mask on or something like that. No, so they were not far, far enough apart. They had masks on, but they were, like, two feet apart as opposed to six. All right. Well, I appreciate in some way where he's coming from. I mean, he's fucking psycho. I mean, that, that's, that's well documented. Like, Tom Cruise is out there. but Scientology, baby. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, if if that production does get shut down, that is a loss of jobs. That's a loss. Of, I mean, obviously, no one's worried about Tom Cruise, but like your average like film personnel, I'm sure they're not making that much. What if like Here, someone comes all... in and, and gets and, and it gets shut down, and we don't, and the world doesn't get Mission Impossible Nine? Oh, but do you I mean, do you really on, think do you really think Tom Cruise gives a shit about? any of those people in their jobs. And do you Probably think he not. even knows what a college education costs? I guarantee you he doesn't. I mean, probably not, but I, I think I, the whole thing was a, a massive like PR stunt of him doing it and then releasing it to make him look like a fucking COVID hero. Ah, uh, no way. You think I don't that, know if that what we just heard was staged. Yeah. I wouldn't say that was uh I, no, I, I don't, I don't think COVID it was hero. staged, but I think it was, I bet you it was him who released it. Oh, well, that's a different story. Yeah, I mean, to make himself look that. good. Like, I, I just don't think that's anything. That's a really bizarre move to release that clip we just heard and say, this is going to make me look. I mean, he's a really bizarre dude, but I, I just think like the only way you act like that is just so fucking ego driven. Like, dude, you've been up all night saving Hollywood. Like, him. I don't, they're so lame, dude. People get this, Look, like, God, what do they call it? God syndrome or whatever with celebrities. Like, they're so lame. Yeah, so I, what I'll say is 
I understand his point and think his point is 100% valid. Like, even if you're saying, Jared, he doesn't really care about it, it's the right thing to say in terms of this is what people need to hear in order to get motivated to follow the rules, right? Our jobs sure. are at stake here. But if someone ever talked to me like that, I would lose my fucking mind. I'd never respect him again. Well, you wouldn't let it happen. You'd eventually have to be like, Tom, 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 enough, enough. We we understand it won't happen again. Do not speak to me like that. Like, that was disgusting how he talked to those people. And, And I think with Hollywood... Those people, like Hollywood celebrities and super A-list movie stars like that, they think they are gods. They, I think they really do. They think the world revolves around them. Well, especially them. in this case, because he put a, up a lot of money for the movie himself, you know? Yeah, he produces it himself so he can make all the money, too. Like, that's that's why. But um, I just have no respect for any of these people like Ellen DeGeneres and all these people who just, they're all these, they live in a different universe than everybody else. They really do. And obviously that's doesn't, it's not far-fetched to think that's certainly not the first time he's flipped a, oh, you know, God, fl- no. flipped out on, on the personnel and the people working around him. I mean, I'm sure that's pretty common. Yeah, I, I, think I just feel like get... that's indefensible the way he spoke to totally, them. Totally, totally. Yeah, no, I, and and again, I like, that's that's why I said especially like, I don't, like, it, like it's so ironic, right? Like in 2020, if that audio came out and it wasn't about COVID, people would be losing their minds. He'd be canceled over that. Exactly. Yeah, it would be a call for has Tom Cruise officially gone too far? Has he lost his mind? Yeah, but instead, because it's COVID. Now you get that whole side that just wants to say, oh, yeah, this is great. This is fantastic. This is exactly what we need to hear. Is, is that not mind blowing? Is it, If you were to hear, like, expect how would Tom Cruise react in a situation like that or anybody that famous, is that not exactly what you would expect him to just belittle everybody? I don't For know. some I reason, mean, I just look at him like a piece of shit. Maybe I just don't like Tom Cruise, but like, that's exactly what I would expect. Do you like Christian Bale? I, well, I've yeah, seen the just, Christian Bale video. I, I did like Christian ass. Bale. I want you off the fucking set, you prick. No, don't just be sorry. Think for one fucking second. The, the fuck are you doing? Are you professional or not? Yes, I am. Do I fucking walk around and rip that? No, shut the fuck up, Bruce. Do I want? No. No. Don't shut me up. Am I going to walk around and rip your fucking lights down in the middle of a scene? Then why the fuck are you walking right through? Ah, da-da-da-da, like this in the background. What the fuck is it with you? What don't you fucking understand? You got any fucking idea about, hey, it's fucking distracting having somebody walking up behind Bryce in the middle of the fucking scene. Give me a fucking answer. What don't you get about it? Can you imagine? Oh, good for you. And how was it? I hope it was fucking good because it's useless now, isn't it? Fuck's sake, man, you're amateur. (laughs) You amateur. Fuck's sake, you amateur. I'm sure for celebrities like 
Christian Bale, Tom Cruise, like once they get to a certain point with the amount, like I'm looking at the money that Tom Cruise has made. Dude, between hundreds ni- of millions of dollars. Between 1983 and 2019, I don't know about 2020 in general, but $745 million. Yeah, he he's about as big a movie star as there is in the world. Like he can't walk a street in China without people recognizing him. So I'm sure once you make enough money or when you get to a certain point, you start to dehumanize the people that you yeah. work around and yeah, totally. yelling at someone, calling them an amateur, berating just like them. Alan did, right? Others. Yep. Yeah, Alan as well. You, you, you just like people don't have the same qualities that they once did when you were just a normal person because you're that much in your mind, you're that much further above them. You're like in a separate tier of humanity compared to the rest of us, you know, towards the bottom of the barrel. And it's like, for me, just cause you agree, agree with what he's saying in no way should be an excuse or a reason to try and defend what he did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter if you agree with what he's saying, the way he said it should be condemned. You should be like, dude, you should like, we shouldn't be celebrating this. I'm not asking for Tom Cruise to get fired or canceled. Fuck that. No, I mean, the audio leaked. He's a douchebag. You know, you react to it and, you, you know, you move on. But, you know, for people to be like, oh, this is great. Like, love Tom Cruise for this. I didn't it's realize that people insane. were applauding him for that. Yeah. The, the, I, I, the I, I just heavy, heard the audio. The super COVID people are like, this is what he should be saying. So bad. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for COVID safety and protocols, but again, you, you can't excuse that kind of behavior. I don't care how much money you make and who you are, what your social status is. That's fucking, it's disgraceful. You guys remember Bill O'Reilly? Yeah. 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 Oh Big God. Fan. Great guy. Tomorrow. Fox and news. That is it for us today. Okay. I don't know what, it, whatever it is, it's not right on the teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. There it is. We are going to do Sting, yeah. Okay, but... Okay. Now, I can't read it. There's no there's no words on it. Okay. Teleprompter is broken. Sure. There's no <laughs> words there to play us out. What does that mean, to play us out? It's, it's Sting is going to do... It's a video. Sting video. What okay. is... For credits. I don't know what that means, to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show? Yeah. All right, go, go. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is a. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a. I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll... No. we'll do it live. Fuck it. <laughs> do it live. I can. I'll write it, and we'll do it live. Fucking thing sucks. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. I'm Bill O'Reilly. Thanks again for watching. We'll leave you with Sting and a cut off his new album. Take it away. And then it cuts to him, and you can see him. He gets up, like rips off his jacket, chucks it at somebody, slams the table. Well, what's crazy is how he can flip the switch. Yeah, I know. Within a second to be back to cool, calm, composed for TV. And then sociopath five seconds later.
Dude, he was great. he was like worshipped by everyone fifty five and older for they were, like, they were all just getting duped. He was yeah, a rapist for, and an 15, asshole. 20 years. Oh yeah. Ha- have you heard of how big some of his settlements were? Yeah, like thirty million bucks. Dude, wow. thirty million dollars. That's to one I, woman, I think, right? Yeah, to one woman. I can't imagine what you could do to somebody where it would take thirty million to shut her up. Dude, you ever been uh, rammed in the bum hole without asking without for consent? it? Nope, but it wouldn't take thirty. <laughs> it, w- it wouldn't take thirty million to shut me up for that. Well, I'd, I'd you, probably sh- shut up. Shut for up for a, a million or grand? two. Probably a couple mil. <laughs> Listen, just grab me lunch. I, I didn't hate. <laughs> we'll it. Call it a day. Yeah, I didn't hate it. We'll call it even. <laughs> I just didn't Dude, ask thir- for it. Thirty so. million dollars is an enormous amount. That's of money. a gross amount of money. Yeah. None of us, we wouldn't be able to spend. I mean, it'd be awesome, but I wouldn't even know what to do with that. Well, well, one of the things I wanted to say as we were wrapping up the Tom Cruise clip, but it's relevant with uh, Bill O'Reilly too. So they'll talk about like all the time on Rogan when he's got other comics on who have been actors and in Hollywood, because that's how Rogan started as an actor too. It's about like how unbearable the people who run Hollywood are, whether it's the producers, the directing, casting directors, the actors, the actresses, they're just like the fakest, most unbearable people to be around no matter what. And like, I think that's just a perfect example. Like Bill O'Reilly and all these other people, they just portray these holier than thou yeah. personas. And they're just the worst of the worst humans who just have egos bigger than we can comprehend. Yeah, but don't you think, and I think it really, really makes you appreciate, you know, not that we know anybody personally, right? But I think you know just by what you hear, who's genuinely a good person. Yeah. Like John Krasinski, right, is someone who, like, I think of, is he the biggest star in the world? Of course not. But, I mean, he would get recognized almost anywhere he went. Right? For I sure. Mean, For sure. He, he's a big star. And, like, he does not, and, like, I follow him on his platforms and you read things about him. Like, he is just like he is, like, he went on Kirk Minahan's podcast, dude. Really? Yeah. Like, that's how humble he is. Because he's a Boston like, guy, right, Krasinski? Yeah. 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 Like, Kirk's got a big following, but, like, for Krasinski, you know, like, you know, that it was just a cool move, and he was just super chill. Like, the producer was a huge fan of uh, The Office, and, like, uh, Jim was just, like, busting his balls, you know, about, like, office trivia and shit like that. Like, totally <laughs> down to earth. So it really makes you appreciate it, but, you know, when they're normal. But do you really blame some of these people for being the way they are like can you even comprehend being living that lifestyle where you're everywhere you go there's people who just are gushing over you and I, telling I, I, you that you're the best like all yeah the time, I, I totally day, you get more your money point. Than you know what to do with i think it's so much easier to turn into the narcissistic asshole in an environment like that and probably takes so much effort of going against the grain and trying to keep your identity to not do that and to stay a genuine human. Like you do, you see it all the time. These um, celebrities, I feel like every single time there's a Netflix documentary about a musician, Lady Gaga, Taylor Swift, Katy Perry, Conor McGregor, not even just musicians, anybody, half of it, is about them losing their identity and being miserable doing what they're doing. Yeah. 
every single time. Like there's a new one. I haven't seen it, but the Ariana Grande, I saw the trailer pop up on Netflix. Guarantee you that's at least a huge segment about she's lonely, miserable, and isolated, but worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. I just want to tell them no one's fucking forcing you to do it. I don't, I'm not sure why you want me to feel bad for you. But I, I do You're making an incredible living. Think about how easy it must be to fall into that trap. Like I'm sure I would. And that's what I brought that's why I brought it up saying, like, yeah, these guys are all time douchebags, but I, I don't know how I'd act if I were Tom Cruise and I were, you know, literally quite literally on top of the world. You know yeah. what I mean? As far as in your profession and eyeballs, like everybody knows who you are. Everybody thinks you're a great actor. Everyone's gonna stop on the street to wanna just look at you. Like we can't even begin to fathom what that feels You've like. You've been a sex symbol since the 80s, oh, well, no, for 30 years. Well, you know what? It, we weren't, certainly were not sex symbols, but it would basically be like, Jared, that night we went to that block party. With our blonde hair? Right. We're in, in yeah, a place where yeah. people, you know, some people hadn't ever seen a white person. Especially a white person in platinum hair. The, the reaction we got was hilarious. Yeah. And for us, like, it was a funny thing to be able to look back on, but. Could you imagine that every time you stepped out of your house? No, it's got to get. I, I couldn't do it, dude. I couldn't do it. Like I, I was just thinking about the like the journey. Think of like if you're a musician, you're trying to make it a musician. It's what you love. It's your identity. Like you get a record label to take a chance on. You're like you're gonna do what they say to be successful. You get that first wave of success. You start doing shows. You're touring. Like okay, eventually maybe you get a top selling album. They're going to say, hey, Tyler Clutie, you're like, you just dropped that album. Like, what you do next is you tour. Like, you're, you got to tour and make a ton of money now. You got to do it, right? So next thing you know, you just toured for a year. And then, all right, Ty, why don't you another album? Here's 10 mil guaranteed to do an album that we think you should do a little more poppy album because that's really what's going to do this. But here's $10 million to do it. And then you do that. And it's like, okay, now we're going to do a worldwide tour. Here's $50 million to a worldwide tour once in a while. Well, and oftentimes the artists are doing the tours because that's what they actually make their money. Yeah. A lot yeah. of the times they get fucked for the actual music they make and they gain a much greater share of the profits of. But, but you can totally see how like eventually people like Jay Beebs kind of like step away from the system and Taylor Swift step away from the system. Cause I think if you let the system and music run you, it's just a constant machine of you printing money for the record labels of album tour, album tour, album tour, album tour. Yeah. And I bet you Hollywood's the same thing, man. Your agent wants you to take movies and TV shows because that's how they make money. Like, I think Matthew McConaughey talked about it in the part of my take episode. Did you guys listen to that? Yeah. Where he wanted to stop being the heartthrob. And oh, he's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, he like, was only I, a rom-com guy. Yeah, he's like, I, I didn't take a job for a year. $5 million movie, $10 million movie, $20 million movie kept passing, kept passing, kept passing. And that's what it took for him to not become what Hollywood was trying to make him. And I think, dude, those people just put you in a little shoebox, and you just kind of get stuck in the machine and machine just goes and you're along for the ride, which I'm sure that's how they, those people end up miserable. Again, I mean, that machine comes with a dick ton of money. So for sure. you're, you can say yes or no. You know and I mean? think that eventually that's why most people do smarten up. And when they have enough of that fuck you money, like they do take a step back. Do you think most do though? Maybe not in Hollywood. Um, I mean, maybe not in movies, but music, I think so. Like there's very few people who keep up that record breaking pace. Like 
like they do early in their career. Eventually, most really, really good artists come out with albums when they want to come out with albums. Where it's opposed to like when you have a new banging artist at the beginning, like eventually they start coming out with shitty albums because they're coming out with one every two years. I think that's as much them as it is the label, though, in the beginning. I would imagine, right? Because everything's like in music and everything nowadays is recency bias. It's like, yeah, know, what's, yeah, what's oh, selling? What's popular? My favorite song because I heard it on the radio this week. And then like two weeks later, you're like, oh, what was that fucking song? <laughs> Who the fuck was that artist? Yeah. So, like you have to continue to be yeah. out in front of people. You know, it's kind of like it's, ta- it's you like, got to find that balance where maybe you're not coming out with two albums every year, but you also don't want to go like five, six years when all these other because, again, it, it's also a competition. If you take that hiatus, Jared, who's to say that when you get back into the game, you may there never aren't going to be. Back. Well, that that that's what I think makes it so tough yeah. is you kind of you want to capitalize and strike while the iron's hot, but you can't let that become your whole identity and life purpose. And I think that's how those people end up miserable. They kind of get stuck in that awkward middle ground. Yeah. Because for, for every one Taylor Swift, there's a hundred thousand people who come out with an album or two and do a little bit of touring, right? And don't get those crazy opportunities. So speaking of artists, we want to uh bang out the Oh, good segue. Three. Yeah. I think it's a good time to talk about it. Yeah, definitely. we were gonna do it last week, but uh we ran long. Um and this one, this one was interesting to me because I have, I only know one of Adams, and I couldn't think of even one artist that's Jared's listened to more than twice in one year. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge music guy, <laughs> but I, I came up with some answers. All right, so we decided on top three, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I you guess want I'll to go first, Ty? And, and, and this is this is top three. Uh, you know, musicians, bands, you know, yeah, you listen yeah. to that essentially like we have to set the barometer of like these would be the only three that you'd be able to listen to in perpetuity moving exactly. forward. Exactly. That that's a thought process I used. Yes. Yeah. So for me, number one would definitely be Tycho. That would that would hundred percent be my number one. Um number two would be a uh, band called Turnover. Uh, you guys probably don't that? know them, but they're like no. they're alternative, um, kind of like you know, mellow like rock, chill rock. Um, that's probably not even a good way to describe them, but uh, definitely very very different from Tycho. Um, and then three would be a band called The Neighborhood. It's a no hip hop. The neighborhood's like a little bit hip hop. Okay. Yeah, I, n- I never heard of those. The second two. Gomo, I I think I have one. I think I know one that you're gonna say. I want to see what happens so, first. Yeah. Though. So so my thought process similar to Ty. Like all right, the, I'm trying to pick if I can only listen to three artists the rest of my life. I think I would pick these three because in my mind they have the widest range of good music with just albums and albums of bangers like very few bad albums um so number one i picked queen fucking a i knew you were gonna do that tons of good queen songs tons I've of never different heard genres you to a queen song in my entire life yeah they're they're on my rotation music that i listen to for sure dude you 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 know what my karaoke song was other than white wedding it was bohemian rhapsody, bohemian rhapsody. Yeah, yeah 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 um 
Number two, Kanye. And not that I'm like the hugest Kanye fan, but if I use my barometer of like just so many good albums, he's got so many fucking good albums over the last two decades. You know, very few bad albums. Yeah, but before that, he's got five or six awesome albums. Yeah. Um, And then third, super poppy, but kind of same thought process. Tons of bangers. Pick Drake. Just because Drake's got... Really? Kanye and Drake on the top three of all time. For that reason. Because I think so many other musicians to me are very... Either they've like they're very one genre or like one tone. I thought about Tycho and I was like, eh, whatever. I'm not gonna make them. Um, like a, a lot of the other bands, like I really like or songs I really like. It's because I like a couple songs on an album or I'll like one album where I thought these three, they all have multiple albums that are bangers and you just tons and tons of good songs. So that was yeah. my my yeah. choices. Yep, and I mean it was the same thing for me. Like I. There's not a song of Tycho's I don't have. Turnover, I have a ton of both their albums, almost the whole two albums. Neighborhood, tons of songs of theirs. So it was very much like, and I think that's probably how it is for most people, right? Yeah. Like, what's the breadth of collection of songs you like? And I bet you those top three, you know, and and song count are probably your top three favorite artists, you know? All right, so for my top three, it includes Queen as well. Nice. Um, I think I started listening to them back in high school. And I think at the time, because it probably was my dad's like second favorite band growing up, and I didn't really listen to it much until like freshman or sophomore year. And I'll be honest, the reason I didn't listen to it was because the band's name was Queen. You're like, gay. And I'm still in that, <laughs> I'm still in that middle school mindset. Like, I'm not listening yeah. to that. Well, and look started, at that. Look at their front man. If you're trying to act like a manly well, man athlete, you're not jamming out to Freddie Mercury. Yeah. And I think also just cause like the whole story behind queen, but again, shitload of albums, great hits. Um, definitely. And like, if you look at my most recently played um, most of their stuff's in there at one point or another, my second to no surprise would be kid Cuddy. Yeah. That's, because that's the one I know. you guys know that for a while early on, I mean, Ty knows. I think the first rap song I actually liked. Ty, do you know? Uh, I don't. Day and night? No. It, actually, it wasn't Kid Cudi. Stun Like My Daddy. Oh. <laughs> oh I was thinking of Kid Cudi. Oh, okay, can we get okay, a little okay, sample? Yeah. How did that one go? Dude, I, I, it's one of those songs, I, if the music's on, I can sing the entire thing. But I couldn't tell you one line. I, haven't think I've, I don't remember the last time I listened Stun to that. Stun Like My Daddy. That's all I know. That's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. But um, yeah, I mean, so I was big into Lil Wayne for a while. And then Kid Cudi, I got introduced to in like, you know, end of high school with, with Man on the Moon and then you know, early college as well. My roommate at the time, Ashton, he was a huge Kid Cudi guy. So he got me into more Kid Cudi. But it was just a different kind of rap. Oh, we got a visitor. <gasps> Maddie. Hey, Maddie. Maddie. We're talking in Ty's ears, right? I was going to say, yeah, she can't yeah. hear us. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I would say Kid Cudi struck me as a very different type of rap, and it was more of a kind of rap that I liked. So I definitely still listen to them. Love the new album, by the way. Man it the is Moon, good. I liked um, it. Part th- or was it volume did three you, or whatever? Did you get most great. of the songs? I got all me? of it. I just yeah. listened. Yeah, I listened to the whole thing on Spotify a couple times. Yeah. 
Definitely sounds like the old Kid Cudi. Oh, yeah. Closer to that. I was so, so, so happy. Well, kind of like not to get off on a tangent, but like speaking of what you were going with, Mo, like with these artists who start off doing what gets them on the map, obviously, and then yeah. they veer off to something different. Cuddy did that kind of to an extent, and then he just kind of went MIA for a while. I think he was in rehab, right? Wasn't he in rehab or something? Well, he did Man on the Moon 1 and 2, and yes. then was like, I don't want to do this shit anymore. Right. Made two objectively bad albums. Objectively. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not great. Um, I think he had three come out, and I think the one of them was just okay. The other two were just one was god awful, and the other was bad. And uh, he said he's like, I just, I wasn't gonna, you know, I I couldn't let myself continue to be that person when I knew I couldn't sustain it. For him, it was like more of like a drug abuse, alcohol yeah. abuse. Like he's like, I'm my music can't represent who I was and not who I am. Like, if you know, I can't make that kind of music if I'm not acting like that. And if I act like that, I'm going to die. So I don't know how he got back into, you know, making the, the stuff he just came out with because it sounds just like old kid. <laughs> Cuddy. Yeah. Like it transplants me right back to high school. Yeah. Which is exactly what I thought too. And it was, you know, all the humming. You guys know, I love the humming. Love yeah, it. Famous one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes um and i think my third and i i have to give ty credit for this because i was not really i didn't know any instrumental music like no words no nothing until he introduced us to Tycho. so if i were to be in a, a place where i only had three artists to listen to i also want to make sure i diversify what i'm listening to it was honestly between post malone and Tycho. Oh, and i love i love posty and I think his yeah. his style is similar to that of Kid Cudi's, where it's like it's yeah. in the rap genre, but it's not the rap that You're right. It's not right. We grew up listening to, and I think I decided rather than having kind of a duplicate in my top three, I threw Tycho in there. So yes, Tycho is one of my. I don't know if it would be my top in my top three as far as my favorite, but it would be in my top three if I can only pick three bands to listen to for the rest of my life. Yeah, and it's nice to be able. I mean. I've even got Emma hooked on it. Whenever we drive, whenever we go up north, we go on the Kangamangas or wherever. Tycho goes on every time. It's like she puts it on. She's like, hey, we got to put it on. Yeah. And a wake comes on and it just transport transports me into like another fucking. I mean, you guys, I mean, we've been to town. Tycho concerts together and it's it definitely opened my eyes to more instrumental stuff, like even like Petit Biscuit and, you yeah. know, other bands as well. So I would definitely have Tycho in there. Um, and I'm definitely more into the instrumental game than I ever was because I never was at all. Posty would be a good one too. He's, I don't know, he'd be tough for him to crack a top three, but he's up there. Yeah. yeah. If he, yeah. If he, he, he's still young, isn't he? Very. Yeah. He's like an he's awful like old face, but yeah, he's super young. Outside yeah. of Post Malone, were there any bands you were like, fuck, like, I hate to leave this one out, but. You know, I you want to know who one of mine was? You guys wouldn't ever guess this, but Red Hot Chili Peppers, huge Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. I mean, they had some good stuff back. In they the had day. some great music, yeah. dude, and, and like their music holds up. Like the, some of their bangers come on, and it's still like, all right, fuck yeah, I can get into this. Yeah, people still dig them. Yeah, especially their hits. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was thinking of like, and one of my first bands I ever liked was Vertical Horizon, which was a long time ago. What's obviously. what's their popular song? 
I mean, they had a couple of them. Yeah, they they had that that first album. I forgot the name of it. Actually, I think it was um, oh, what the fuck? It's like the girl that's like doing a flip, and she's like upside down. Obviously, I, I've like heard the, of the band, and I'm sure yeah. I listen to their music, but I can't think of the, the name of one of their super like super send it ones. up. Um, you know. Oh like, yeah, here we go. Yeah, I mean that was probably my first. Yeah, I mean that album <laughs> you guys alone. <laughs> that? Yeah, <laughs> good song. That whole album I love. And actually, if we were going specific albums, and I know this is kind of outdated, I might be embarrassing myself here, but American Idiot, uh, Green Day's album. Green Day's... Well, I don't know. I, I just cause some, I think when some people th- hear Green Day, they think of like the punk rock era. And it's I mean, they were they not... were awesome in their day. I don't they know were. if it holds up, but That's they were I mean. awesome. Like, oh, like I the still stuff love their era. Songs. Yeah, so like, like American Idiot, dude, like th- there's very few albums where I like every song. That's one of those albums. Like there's every song on yeah. that album, Jesus of Suburbia, Boulevard of Broken Dreams, all of those. Yeah, but the are... pop punk movement, dude, was badass. So we lived oh, through I that. Like the emo pop punk. Oh, Ty. Yeah. I say Ty was Mr. Fallout, Fallout Boy. Boy. Yep. I still have all that stuff. I still like it. Yeah. Yellow card. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was um, and you don't really hear that stuff anymore. At least no, I haven't heard it. Not hey, existing. You know what song just randomly popped into my head thinking of like high school songs you'd play over and over again? Corona and Lime. By uh, Cisco and Swayze. <laughs> yeah. You remember that song? Did, oh, yeah. Did I, ever, yeah. I told you that I waited on Cisco Adler at Uno's, right? After yeah. that. And he I tipped me like 10%, that. that piece of shit. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Yeah. All right, cool. So we, we got some good uh, good music for the listeners. Yeah, I had zero fucking idea what Jared's was going to be. Like, it, if, he, if someone guessed... said to you, Jared either movie or TV for the rest. Uh, I'm sorry, either TV or music for the rest of your life. You would choose TV, right? Definitely. Like I, yeah. I really like music and I always like, kick myself a little bit. I wish I followed music more closely and was like more in touch with who like popular artists are. Cause like whenever I put on music, like I love it, but I, I also like my ADD kicks in next thing, you know, I'm like four podcasts deep or I'm like, Got a podcast on, then watching a YouTube video, Ooh. then throwing Netflix on. A little video so, game action too. Yeah, it reminds so, me of you playing video games. That was watching incredible. The home improvement thing on your iPad, and then listening to a podcast. All at the same <laughs> time. It was no, I didn't do a podcast and HGTV. It was just Xbox and HGTV. All right, sorry. It would be just, HGTV just on the iPad Mini, fifty-five inch TV, yeah. six inches from my face, playing Madden. I bet there was a podcast one or two times. I wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me, but again, it speaks to your point. Like you, you're, you're all over the place yeah. with that stuff. So yeah, I'd probably pick TV too. I, I, I love music, but I, I love TV. I mean, I whenever TV I'm in the car, unless I'm on a long drive guaranteed, I just put a podcast on. Like it doesn't even cross yeah. my mind. Cause I, I have so many podcasts I listen to that. I usually, I don't have time for all of them. So I'm just like, all right, let me just throw on a podcast. Yeah, it would be music for me, for sure. I love TV. It would be hard to give up TV, no doubt. But, um, all right, what do we, what do we want to segue to here? Any any, uh, any preference? Um, so I know that I I sent you guys like the whole like if you could have dinner with somebody, who would it be? Oh yeah. Have... So yeah, I, yeah, I threw that one out well, there. Let, let's do that. Um, we'll save that one for the end. Okay. We'll close with that. Save that one for the end. I, Outside I, of that, I didn't I, even really think about that one. So I got to rack the brain a wee bit. So no picks. 
and <laughs> no person you want to have dinner with. Hey, I was really busy today watching the trucks drive by. <laughs> I, I did not have time watching to, your, uh, to do this. Watching your fucking van videos. I actually I haven't watched any today. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, when, I think when we you wanted got... to... Uh, what? That, uh, that, uh, what are you going to say, Jared? I think we wanted to talk about uh, COVID relief, right? COVID well, stimulus. I was, gonna, I was just going to say, when do you think COVID's going to be over? Give me a, give me an over under. What? When is the world normal again? Yeah, like to or define COVID over. Like, well, I know it's tough. Like yeah. no restrictions on restaurants and and stuff like that. I, I don't where think you till... where the three of us can go out to a bar without having to worry about anything and not wear a mask. Oof. End of summer. I was going to say like September. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I called this and I, I don't know if I mentioned you guys, but I mentioned other people that like all these crazy scientists who are so risk averse are going to say, Hey, we can't ease things up right away. We need to wait. And it's, it's not going to be a flip of a switch. And I already read an article saying, if you've been vaccinated, there's still a 5% chance you could get COVID and transmit it to other people. So you still can't gather with other people and you still have to wear a mask. And that's yeah, just not going to go away for a while. Listen to that. This week, are you getting your uh, vaccination this week? Uh, tomorrow morning, and I'm and I'm grateful for it. Um, Chuck, I just wanted to say, uh, just a follow up on what Yasmin mentioned. Uh, just for your viewers out there, um, I, I know one of uh, the, the individuals who we just saw getting vaccinated is planning on traveling after the second dose. I, I th this is a source of confusion, but no, I, I, this is one of the misperceptions here. Just because you get vaccinated with that second dose does not mean you should be participating in things like traveling in the middle of an out of control pandemic or that you're liberated from masks. Mm -hmm. Everything still applies until all of us get the two dose regimen. And we don't think that's going to happen until oh, June, oh July. <laughs> so he says June, Double July, middles, everyone man. gets Double it. Double fucking middles. Yeah, no chance. If it were up to the scientists and these politicians and the people in the media, we would be locked down forever, dude. We yeah. would be locked down forever. They just want to keep the fear going and keep them in the spotlight. Keep them it in is, control. Um, it, this is what scares me. We're going to get these vaccines out, dude. And people, because there's even a little risk, are not going to open things up right away. And it's going to drive me absolutely bonkers. We're going to have 50% of the population vaccinated and still not have uh, inside dining fully open. Guaranteed. Yeah. We What we should do is what we should do is get a hold, make a deal with Amazon so they can clear out some of their giant, giant factories and buildings around the country and say, anybody who still wants, who's going to wait until the end of COVID till everyone's gotten vaccinated, go in that fucking building. We're going to lock the door. We'll come back and tell you once everyone else has gotten vaccinated because it, we're not going to let those fucking people hold up us getting back to some. Well, and not to mention all the idiots who are going to refuse. Or not prioritize it. Yeah, all the non-vaxxers. Right. We exactly. can't I, I am not hold on waiting. and wait for them. And, and not even just we shouldn't have to wait for them. So you're telling me because these buffoons don't trust science that people shouldn't be able to open their business and get back to putting food on their table? Right. Not okay. Don't don't even get me started. My blood's been boiling all fucking day with this stuff, dude. This is uh this is the mayor, uh Mayor Marty Walsh of Boston, Massachusetts on why the the gyms are shut down what is what's the science behind closing gyms the science the, the science is you, you're keeping the numbers down you're stopping the spread that is in when we when we when they did the reopening plan that they, they created they created categories 
And, and that, that category happened to be in what was called phase three, step one. When the city of Boston made the decision the other day to go back to phase two, step two, that was in that category. And that's why we're pulling back. We're pulling back on, 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 on making, I mean, you should say the same thing for museums. No and you can say maybe the same thing for movie theaters. No you idea. can say the same thing for, for gatherings. I mean, you can make that same argument, but it's about slowing down activity is what it's about. Slowing down activity. Okay, so, and you just, you choose activities where, like, when, when it comes to gyms, we just heard there have been 1.3 million gym visits since July 6th and, and 45 total cases. 45 total I reported. That, I, 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 I doubt that's true. I, 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 I don't know where you got that. I don't, I don't know. I got it from the, the, the I got it true. from the gym owners. Like, don't you must have yeah. that. Well, that? You that, must that, look at the data true. before that, you shut these places down and destroy accurate. people. That wouldn't that would, that wouldn't be accurate. And let me just tell you, if we don't shut, if we don't pull back on restrictions, you know what's next? Restaurants, hair salons, the next step of all this, and, and it's about he, how do we preserve fear mongering, right? How do we preserve industry right now? And 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 that's 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 the the science behind this. That's that's so. He asked him, what is the science behind closing the gyms? And Marty Walsh went on for a minute and 20 and didn't answer the question in the slightest. Nope. Didn't give any science. In fact, when science was presented and, hey, here's a study of, you know, 1.3 million visits to the fucking gym with 45 cases. He says, nah, no, nah, nah, that can't be true. Nah, I don't think so. And then has the balls to end the interview by saying, you know what's going to be next? If we don't do this, everything else you want to go out and do. But it's all to protect industries. That we're closing. That we're closing with no lifeline. That's fucking insane, dude. Like, did you see, like, I, I do think, and I, I there's 1% of me that has empathy for these people because... They're almost in like a no-win situation sometimes. The politicians, yeah, yeah, but they make terrible decisions. So yeah. I don't feel bad for them when they make terrible decisions. Someone made the decision to open up a testing site. Oh, I saw that, dude. The Warwick Mall. Yep. yep. That might have been the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. There were lines going through the like. You guys obviously know them all. There were lines the entire way. There were and people just standing of there. People not, filled with COVID. Filled with COVID, and you know, speaking of COVID, you know, rules. Nobody was had six feet in between them. Nope. At all, they were crammed in there like fucking pigs and in the, a factory. And the rest of the mall was fucking open, so everyone's walking by them. <laughs> so the bu- the busiest mall seat time of the year. Let's fill the mall with COVID positive people waiting to be tested. And they might not be COVID positive. Potentially. Maybe it's something where they're just like, I just want to be cautious and get tested. But they there also could be people who are positive that are right Uh, in front of you or right behind you. Right. Like you're increasing. There's there's no place where you're going to have a higher percentage of COVID positive people than testing. Because for every every extra cautious person, to your point, there's a person with symptoms who's getting tested because they think they may have COVID. Right. Stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Has there been any like, oh shit, we fucked up update about that yet? Or they're still doing it? I haven't heard of Not that I've seen. Yeah, can you imagine being like a store? Well, I guess nobody really owns the stores in the malls because they're all shitty chain stores. But like... You you own one of those little kiosks selling fucking hats. 
and you go to work one day and there's a line of 150 people getting tested for COVID surrounding your little kiosk. Right. Woof. My Nedula. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I guess that brings us to the, the stimulus bill that passed, right? I guess that's news. Um, I thought this was a, this was a good one, Jared, kind of to bring me into what I'm going to talk about here for a second. Um, but you know what? Well, no, we'll do that after we'll, we'll intro this. So this is Tulsi Gabbard, um, who is Senator from Hawaii, Congresswoman, Congresswoman from Hawaii. Hawaii. Huge fan of her. Huge fan. She ran for president. I just got back from having voted on the house floor on this massive spending bill. I voted against it and I wanted to tell you why. First of all, this bill was over 5,500 pages long. Dude, that's insane. At Crazy. Approximately 2.30 this afternoon. And we're told we'd have to go and vote on it just a few hours later. There is no way that anybody in Congress had the opportunity or the time to go through and read this bill to know exactly what was in it. I've been here long enough to see how provisions are snuck into these bills in the, literally in the dark of night without any announcement, without telling anyone what is in it and then rushed through in the manner that we have just seen tonight. This is the height of irresponsibility and it is absolutely no way for the people's representatives to be able to represent the interests of the American people. The second thing is the central part of this bill was supposed to be about providing direct COVID relief to the American people who are struggling and who need help the most. This bill dished out hundreds of billions of dollars going towards special interests, going towards the military industrial complex, going towards foreign countries. Meanwhile, saying, here's what's left for you. You get 600 bucks. I'll tell you in Hawaii, that in most cases won't even cover 25% of your rent. I'll stop it there. So, okay, I, I wish that's every the situation person presented to these people. Yeah. And I wish every person in America had that flash on their news tonight of like, this is really how DC works. In the darkness of the night, these Congress people are given bills that they have to vote on having no idea Who drafts them? what's in them. I think they're drafted behind closed doors between the staff of whoever's putting it together. So in this case, it was like those five bipartisan people and then the house leaders and Senate leaders. So, so mean, they that's... all do all that behind closed doors. Don't tell anybody what's in it. They just give you the bullet points and then hand you 5,500 pages and says, you got to vote in two hours. Right. And so she may be chastised by certain people because she voted no. Yep. But I think we all agree, right? She's got some pretty fucking sound points. Yeah. Absolutely. So that that's why the first CARES Act kind of like from the do you guys know who Jimmy Dore is? Have you followed him at all? Him and AO, AOC are going at it for some yeah, reason. Yeah. Right? So like he's one of those people who's uh, liberal ter- libertarian, very critical of the establishment. And he called the CARES Act the greatest transfer of wealth in the history of America. And everybody voted on it because same deal. They had two hours to read thousands of pages. They only knew the 
top bullet points and then up being like five trillion dollars in wealth transfer to corporations. It's like examples like that. It's crazy. I mean, did you see some of the examples of the money being spent in this bill? Yeah. We have just to name, you know, two of them, right? And this is exactly what she's talking about. That's why I thought it was so relevant. Um, so, you know, of the, what was it, $900 billion or whatever, mm-hmm. $10 million is to be made available for gender programs in Pakistan. <laughs> what the fuck is a gender program in Pakistan? Of the funds appropriated under, t- under Title Three of this Act that are made available for assistance for Pakistan, not less than $15 million shall be made available for democracy programs, and not less than $10 million shall be available, uh, made available for gender programs in Pakistan. So we, we the American people get 600 bucks a piece. The Venezuelan government gets $33 million. Did, did you see the amount we were given to Israel? No. What was the number? Was it $150 million? Like, how is that possible? What is the thought process there? Dude, those are our allies, man. All of those, like, remember we were talking about those Middle Eastern deals recently? Yeah, I understand they're, they're our allies, but again, to, to Ty's point, $600 are going to each individual. So you're lucky if you have a bunch of kids and you get the extra, was it, 500 or 600 bucks for a kid? What justifies giving them that much money when there's people here that are getting not even enough to cover one rent payment? Morally, nothing justifies it. I agree with you. Well, the reason they're doing it is because that's what fuels the military industrial complex. These countries are allies buying our weapons and Raytheon's weapons and all of that. So they say, okay, we got to make this deal where we're giving Israel $150 million and they're going to keep buying $2 trillion in fighter jets every single year. Whoa. And shit like that. Breaking, breaking moves. Agenda. Oh, yeah. Did you see this? And influence the election. Then, a few months ago, Congress started negotiations on a like new a package to get okay, urgently needed help to the American people. It's taken forever. However, the bill they are now planning to send back to my desk is much different than anticipated. It really is a disgrace. For example, among the more than 5,000 pages in this bill, which nobody in Congress has read because of its length and complexity, it's called the COVID relief bill, but it has almost nothing to do with COVID. This bill contains $85.5 million for- This is hot off the press, this press conference. This happened like 10 minutes ago. $134 million to Burma, $1.3 billion for Egypt and the Egyptian military which will go out and buy almost See? exclusively Russian military equipment. $25 million for democracy and gender programs in Pakistan. $505 million to Belize, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, who puts that in there and why? For the Kennedy Center in Washington. Special D. interest, man. It's all special interest. open for business. $1 billion for the Smithsonian and an additional $154 million for the National Gallery of Art. 
Likewise, these facilities... Big time so priority. He ends up saying he's going to veto the bill. Yeah, that, that's how, that's national news right now. Trump says he's going to veto the bill and wants $2,000 in stimulus checks for every American. That's pretty wild if, the, if he really does I know, that. but doesn't that, like, I, I, I love it, but wouldn't that set everything back to square one? Well, yeah. He can veto it, but then Congress can override his veto. So it doesn't necessarily. Oh, really? Yeah. They so can? it doesn't. Yeah. So, I mean, this is how like general bills work. So it's like the a great example of checks and balances. So yeah, Trump can veto it, but they can override his veto. I want to say it's by a two thirds vote. Um, I didn't know they could override a veto. Yeah. Yeah. They, they can override it. So I thought that it still needs to be signed by the president. Any bill. Well, it does. But what if, if he they, refuses to sign it? Well, I'm just telling that that's that, those are the rules when it comes to congressional action. And, you know, he can he has the power to veto it, but his, his veto can be overturned. His veto is not just like the end all be all. Can we just all say where the hell was this Donald Trump a month ago when he was running for president? Well, you know how he acts, dude. You know how he performs. It's all about trying to make, you know, himself look good in, in a fleeting moment. But like dude, he this, just this waited message, till this I think, passed. will resonate with millions of Americans. Like all over social media today, um, Americans were disgraced by this stimulus bill. Like it was an embarrassment. As I didn't they see one. Be. Agreed. I didn't see one person give it a positive spin. Like, thankfully, we very much have stimulus. So, like, we're offended. Twelve hundred dollars was offensive. This is even more offensive. That in ten months of the worst recession since the Great Depression. You've given us a combined eighteen hundred dollars, and the PPP program was not a disaster. Dude, they didn't even use most of the funds. Oh. Three hundred billion of the funds sat there unused and were reappropriated. If they weren't used in the first ten months, why are they going to be used now? And they only have until what the thirty first to use it. I don't I'm know sure. something like that. Yeah, like that. That's what we need to just pump the shit out of PPP and actually make it work like that. That's what needs to be done here. Like the stimulus checks are certainly needed, um, but PPP is what allows everyone to survive, you know, because that's basically From what these other countries. Yeah, that's basically what these other countries are doing is just paying the exactly. employers to keep everybody employed. Yeah. So I, the, I, from what, what I heard with the PPP last time, I heard it was incredibly difficult to actually get a PPP loan between all the red tape bureaucracy and even just like getting through to the banks to get an application for one was incredibly difficult. It's unfortunate. Yeah. So the amount going into the, you know, the PPP is, or I think it's 284 billion. Um, they project that for most, like if spreading out to the amount of businesses that they predict it's going to be spread out to, it will cover just under three months of payroll costs. If they spend, if they use every penny of it. If they use every penny. So but that's all, it. All of that money is rollover from the last PPP. None of right. it's new money. Which, 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 when I was reading into some of the stuff and whoever I was reading, whatever article, they made a good point. It's like now with them reopening these funds, Democrats can say, hey, we're giving you, we're giving you some extra relief, even though those funds were already there from the beginning, but there was like a freeze on it. Obviously they weren't able to use all of it. Yeah. So now they can spin that and say, Hey, here's your relief. It's right here. 
Uh, and we were we were too young in the 2008 recession to really know what was going on. So maybe it was a similar sentiment from other Americans. But like the, the only like analogy I can think of that I feel right now is like America just pulled the curtain behind the Wizard of Oz. And I don't think there is anybody in America right now that has faith in our federal government. Anybody. What when like what were to happen if obviously COVID is bad and it's been terrible for the economy. Hundreds of thousands of people have died. What would happen if this was a really bad pandemic with like something that would actually kill millions of people? Our government would be acting the exact same fucking way of incompetency. They would not have our back. It's no reason to believe otherwise, right? Yeah. It's just like, I, I hope people use this as a moment to wake up and realize Democrat or Republican, neither side care about you or are going to do anything to have your back. Like if we, if you want to change change things though, even if we all understand that it it doesn't change things just by understanding it. Like the, the only way to really change things is like people need to step up and like be the people to drive change in DC by running for elected positions who actually like care about things. And challenging the political Don't establishment. Don't you think there are probably a lot of people who do and then get changed as soon as they get in there by yeah, the establishment? Yeah. I, I definitely think so. So I don't think there's an easy answer, but there's got to be a better option than this, man. There's got to be. Like, I this, mean, this, is... this is, you know, again, like I've never been one to really care about politics or, you know, uh, you know, analyze them or criticize them. But like this is because we've been following this so closely. Like, this is the biggest political failure, I feel like, in our nation's history. Certainly in our generation. Yeah, I mean, I can't, like, I'm, tr- you know, I'm sure there is other things, but, you know. How, how, many, how many people like, like Tulsi, uh, you know, Gabbard would, you know, I think what was, she was one of six or seven people that, that voted against it in the Senate. I, I didn't see how many in the, in the, well, she's in the house. Oh, sorry. Sorry. In the house. I think it was 60 people in the house voted against it. I think. And I think like eight in the Senate or whatever. Yeah. I wonder how many of those people feel the same exact way though. And just said, fuck it. It's better than nothing, which is such, it's not it's a so good, sad, ex- man. it's not a good excuse. Like saying it's better than nothing. $10 yeah, it's just complete enablement. But yep. it's it's just, you know, you wonder how many people are like, fuck, like this sucks. But at the same time, you know, the the deadline is Sunday night. We we need something. Oh, and they, they you nothing. know, I think they look bad to majority leadership. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. not happy about people who, you know, don't toe the line. So like our, our good friend, good AOC, she, she hasn't done shit and she already lost her um, committee seat. For making a little bit too much noise, she got pushed out of that committee. No, good for her. So these people do have "quote unquote" power over their fellow Congress and Senator, whatever they're called. <laughs> so I, yeah. I think the only last thing on this for me is like there are certain things, and this is again goes to my utter like just I despise the media. Um. And I don't know if that's ever going to change for me, but like things like this never make the fucking news. And no. if they do, it's a quick headline. But did you guys see what Jeff Bezos, wife did? 
She gave away $4 billion. $4.2 billion in four months she gave. Yeah. Wow. To a number of causes, including COVID relief. Did anybody talk about that in the nightly news? It was a, it was maybe a byline touchdown for eight seconds to read the headline, and that was it. Like, that frustrates the fucking hell out of me. Yeah. The media just is like, nah, people don't care about that. We, we need we need to keep the death ticker up. Yeah, I, I haven't been watching the news the last couple of days or, or really ever. But ha- what's been the mainstream media's take on stimulus? Is it thank God we passed stimulus? We're we're very happy we finally have it. Or have they been critical of it? I haven't watched it in the last couple of days. I haven't watched either. <laughs> yeah, and I, I haven't I read get, anything my guess on the news. Is they're app probably that... cheerleading it. Yeah, well, everybody else anything... in America is embarrassed. Just, yeah, just. just Disdain. No, that's not the right word. Disdain. Yeah. Yeah. Disdain for these people. I don't know if disdained is a word, but disdain is. <laughs> disdain. Yeah. Disdain. What does that mean? Like to despise? have disdain for something. Yeah. Like yeah. I have disdain yeah. for Disgusted. And, and this doesn't make the news either. Okay, I've been ranting and raving lately about the plight of small business in the United States. New York City just shut down indoor dining. It's like, how do you expect these people to survive? How are restaurants going to survive? They're already on their last legs, and you're pulling the plug on them. And nobody seems to care in the government. Or at least they're not doing anything acting like they care. No plan. No relief. No bailout. It's like, what's going to happen? So I was ranting and raving about it. Marcus Lamontis challenged me. He's like, why don't you put your money where your mouth is? Well... I've spent the last couple days doing exactly that. So we're going to donate half a million dollars, and we've come up with a plan. Is it the best plan? No. The best plan is the government getting off their ass and issuing relief, billions of dollars, to these small business owners who are losing their livelihoods and have no recourse and no way to save it through no fault of their own. Billions of dollars. That's the solution. That's the only solution, really. But barring that, we're going to do what we can. So the Barstool Fund. It is modeled around Frankie Borelli. You know Frankie. All right, Frankie, where we at, Frankie? My cameraman for the pizza reviews. Well, his dad owns Borelli's in Long Island. The perfect example of the type of business we're trying to save. Throughout this pandemic, I'm mean, like, hey, Frankie, how's your dad doing? How's Borelli's doing? Every month it gets a little bleaker. Um, tell you what, this is 30 years old, single restaurant, and they have no indoor dining. So not only that, but Mr. Braley, credit to him, who would never want to take a handout in his life, also is still paying his employees. He's never shut off his payroll. So it's like, I'm going down with a ship. I can't fathom not paying these people. That's rule one. I was inspired by that. That's rule one. To qualify for money from us, you have to still be paying your employees. Your payroll has to be on. All right? So that's rule one. And then after that, it's... What do you need the money for? How much do you need to get to the next month? Is it rent relief, tax relief? What do you, what can we do to make sure you stay in business till this pandemic is over? So we have half a million dollars. We're asking for, and Borelli's will be the first one. Now, Mr. Borelli is actually going to give us a number where we can make meals, chicken and rice, and give it to the homeless because he just doesn't want the handout, wants to put his people to work. That's great. Not a requirement, but great. The requirement is your payroll has to be on. Your employee. Pretty fucking awesome. Good for fucking him, man. Yeah. It, have you guys been following it since the announcement? It's been pretty yeah. damn cool to watch. Dude, so much money is getting handed out. It's awesome. And, and I love they've been doing the videos of actually showing you the restaurants that it's going to. And like these people's reactions, like 
And then to see that the Yankees gave $50,000 and and then you see this and like so few corporations are stepping up like these guys are just makes you love Barstool so much more. Right. Because people want to rag on them and shit on Dave, especially for these COVID rants. Yeah. But it's like this motherfucker is doing more out of his own goddamn pocket than our entire government is able to do. Making and, and, and in again, terms of significance and impact, I'd say without a doubt. Yeah. And, and Maybe again, not in terms of full dollars, but definitely in terms of right. impact. Yeah, no, of course not. But nobody talks about it. Nobody nope. wants us to be headline. He won't get the limelight. I mean, I mean, and there are people with he's he's worth $120 million. That's a lot. But there are people with a lot more net worth who have a lot much, you know, many more resources than Portnoy has and that Barstool has, who could be doing a hell of a lot more. Dude, what, think what about what the right Yankees now. are worth. I think it's like ten billion. Fifth was it? What were they were saying like fifty? They would split the fifty thousand dollars. They gave five they, ten thousand dollar donations. <laughs> the same team that oh, just great. gave Thanks. Garrett Cole a three hundred million dollar contract, and they're given ten thousand dollar donations. This is the reaction from uh, Mr. Borelli, that guy. Reach out. Hopefully, we can help you. Wow. Wow, this is amazing. Dave, I really want to thank you for starting this fund. Um, you don't know what it means to us. Why are you doing this? This started in April. We had our doors closed. We made, made it through the summer. We both, an outdoor patio, People coming in, we're breaking even during the summer. I got my staff, they're all being paid. And I said, we'll make it through Christmas. January, February, March, I was planning on closing. I didn't say anything to my staff. This is gonna help so much. You don't know. Thank you from bottom of my heart. And my staff, we have with their mortgages, families. You don't know how many people you're helping. Incredible. Yeah. How could that not just give you all the feels right there? Incredible. There was one I was watching today. I think it was like the latest lady that she was saying how they spent $12,000 in electrical work to get it so they could have heaters outside for their patio for two months later them to shut door out shut, um, shut outside dining off yeah like they're they're telling you here's what you need to stay open and all these places did exactly what they were told and they still shut them down it, it's it's criminal like how is there no way for us to hold these politicians accountable for not even letting these businesses die for killing them they are responsible for killing these businesses saving lives it's it makes me angry. There are a lot of people who just say, what do you want them? Like, there's nothing else for them to do. They got to do something. I think that's, that's to the point we made last week. It's the only checkbox they can do yep. to show they're trying to help. And it's just caught. It's it, where, what was I watching where they said this today, but it was spot on. It's like um, the impact the government is having with all these shutdowns is exponentially worse for the country than COVID at this point. Exponentially worse, dude. 
the impact on the economy and these businesses than the 300,000 people who have died? I would say so. Say that again? The, the impact of what the government has done by making these businesses shut down and the impact on our economy and for decades to come, these people not bouncing back is so much worse than the impact of COVID and people actually getting sick. Oh, I, we've said that. We've, we've, yeah, we've said that before, 100. percent At this and, point, and it's I mean, it's a man-made. But you say crisis. that, and instantly you're saying, "Well, somebody that died doesn't matter," and that's not it at all. No, no. that's not it at all. It's if the options are 300,000 dead or the bottom 20 percent of America dropping into poverty. Probably more than that. Probably a third. I think the people who are close to being evicted is a third. People who are behind on their mortgage and rent. And you'd think that'd be the first thing you'd pay is your fucking house and your rent if you have money. So, like, I'm sorry. But, yeah, I'm just... Thank, thank God for people like Barstool. And my hope with that is that it gets a ton of press. I hope Portnoy goes kind of bully a little bit and tries to hold some other businesses and rich people accountable. He, and he, and he, he was yeah. he was he was adding people in tweets saying, hey, you're worth, where's the rich people? <laughs> you're worth Good. this much. Get back to me. Let's uh, let, let's make a deal. And, let's, and, let's and figure people like the out. Yankees and other teams and say, hey, if if we can do this, we're not asking you to donate millions of dollars, corporations. But if every one of you can throw in 100 K. Right. And if Barstool Sports, who I don't think their revenue is anything. Like if I had to guess their revenue is probably in like the, you know, 50 million, 100 million dollar mark, maybe. Like nothing absurd like some of these other massive corporations. It's like, what could Amazon do? What the 100, fuck could Mr. 100 Bezos million, do? if you're curious, as of 2019. Yeah, so exactly. So, so there's, that, there's companies making far more than that that could yeah, definitely give a lot more. Far sure. more than that. Yeah. What was it, Adam? 100 million as of 2019. Was their revenue sold. last year? 100 million. Was that their value or their revenue? Well, I, I did revenue. I, yeah, that's okay. the, yeah. I think they yeah, were valued revenue. with the pen deal at like four hundred fifty. Yeah, million, but they, their actual like revenue was around it was like half a bill. And this was as of twenty nineteen. Things obviously yeah. could have changed, but yeah, like that's why fuck the people who trash America because yes, our government sucks, especially right now, um, and they're failing us. But how fucking crazy is it that we have like these grassroots movements? Of like people helping people, dude. There, there are countries where if someone like Portnoy was trying to do what he's doing right now, they'd be thrown in fucking prison, undermining yeah, the government. Yeah. You're probably right. But in America, it's okay. The, the, if the, you have the means to do it, you're allowed to go out there and and, and make a difference in someone's yeah. life like this. And that's exactly what he's doing. And but everyone should be applauding him for this. Not our ratings-driven media, though. No. No, they can give not. two shits. Fear, fear they, they'd rather stomps the shit out of that. They they rather tell us that we've had 18 million COVID cases and yeah, 350 thousand dead. Have the live death ticker. And, and, and yeah. sh- shame on the big corporations, big tech, Wall Street, industrial, military, industrial complex, because they're silent in all this too. It's it's them and the government who are just so intertwined, who are just being absolutely useless right now. And to your point, Ty. It's small business, your neighbors, and American ingenuity and innovation that are making you proud to be an American right now. And that's about yeah, it. Yeah, fuck yeah. That's okay, though. 
I don't, yeah, need, it I don't is. need my government to make me proud of them. Like no, it, it but, but pisses my concern, me off to no end. My, my concern is the amount of wealth and power that the government and all those big industries have to when you need the help. Yeah. They're the, la- they're the ones who yeah, no hide, doubt. In, hide, in, hide in the darkness. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Um, they're before, the ones paying no taxes. Right. Before we... Um, oh, I had a... I'm not going to... We won't talk about it, but I, I captioned it on my notes. Uh, Mo is going to be hard. And it was a, a study done... Um, and I, I, you know, I'd have to go back to get some details, but essentially it was a study on trickle down economics and whether it worked or not. Oh, I saw the headline. I didn't make it through the whole article. Yeah. So I ultimately, right. The study obviously said it doesn't, doesn't work. Yeah. You know, or it hasn't worked the way that, you know, people have marketed it to work. Yeah. So I thought, you I, I was thinking that. about something in the shower today related to trickle down economics. What the fuck was it? I don't know. <laughs> um, so before we jump into the last thing about Adam's, who would you have dinner with? I just saw this on Twitter. This is fucking hilarious. So uh, somebody, I think Shannon Sharp tweeted this out. He has an interview with Tony Dungy, and they're talking about greatest quarterbacks of all time. This is what Dungy says. Coach, you, uh, you get criticized because, you know, every time if you have an opinion and if it doesn't coincide with <clears throat> some other people's opinion, they say you're a hater. You had a ranking. You said that Brady was the sixth most difficult quarterback in NFL history to defend. Do you still agree with your ranking? And why do you say he was the sixth most difficult quarterback to defeat? Well, first of all, I don't think you can rank across uh, generations anyway. Right. So I said, I'm not going to do that. And I'm not going to go by statistics or whatever. I'm going to go by who was toughest on me. Right. So now I got to start. I'm never putting Tom Brady ahead of Peyton Manning. So the best he can be is two. (laughs) Biased. No bias at all. The highest he could ever get is two. Correct. Okay. I started thinking of, Okay, who did who gave me real problems? John Elway, you could do everything right, have the perfect defense. He's going to move around and make something happen and kill you. And he killed me enough to say he, <laughs> he was difficult. Steve Young was the same way. Those mobile quarterbacks. So that's who I put ahead of Tom. Aaron Rodgers, John Elway, Steve Young, guys, guys who could move. Tom quote tweets that. With a picture of the 2014 AFC finalist banner. <laughs> Love it. One of the lamest, never does that shit. Might be the lamest banner ever hung in a professional sports. Stadium. Yeah. AFC finalist. Is that really what it says? I just assumed That's it's exactly, an AFC championship. It said nope. AFC finalist. AFC finalist. Who's their owner? Is it Ursay? Jim yeah. Ursay. What a bum. I, I did, fucking did, love Tom. Man. Was Tony out of that guy? Did Tony Dungy happen to bring up his record against Tom Brady? I don't know what it is, but I would imagine it's not in no, his it's favor. Probably not great. <laughs> um, <sighs> so I, I had one other thing about um the the veto, just because we brought it up. So McConnell has already said because uh, Trump has until December twenty eighth to decide if he was going to sign it or veto. So yeah, that's when everything expires, right? Yeah. So like you have 10 days, uh, I think it's 10 days, not including Sundays or something like that to decide. And McConnell already said that they're preparing to come back the 29th to override the veto. And I found some veto statistics. There have been 1,484 regular vetoes. That's guy. 89. 
So guess how many have been overridden? All of them? <laughs> no, definitely not all of them. 20%. Or 7%? About 106 of those vetoes have actually been overridden. So obviously that goes without saying it's hard for that to happen. So I'm very curious yeah. to see how this goes because he would need two, you would, they would need two thirds of both houses of Congress to vote against the veto in order for that to work. And well, so I haven't seen the actual tweet, but I was reading the article um, like talking about Trump's press conference. And I guess Nancy tweeted immediately after that press conference, Democrats are ready to redraft yeah. the bill. Thousand dollars checks right away. Fuck yeah, so it's on the Republicans. So if that is the case, they don't have two thirds of the House and Senate. That's that's what I mean. So, it, so it, are are we back to square one of where we were a month ago? With that's what I was saying, right? More just pandering and no stimulus. Like what a disaster. Potentially, yeah. So I mean, they can definitely override right. it. Now you're in the, the same position, Jared, that they're in yep. now. Yep. I mean, you, you, dude, you cannot, like, if, if they don't pass something by the 28th, our country will burn. That means burn. End, of, end, of, end of unemployment extension. Burn. End of eviction moratorium. Um, I think those are probably the biggest things impacting most people. So that means one third of America could potentially be homeless. You, you, you got a couple extra bedrooms. Dude, start you, I mean, it would be great for the housing market. I would love it for that. <laughs> but could you imagine? Right, headline: Jared is pro massive investment opportunity. Big on fan the of no stimulus plan being passed. I, I will take one for the team and not try and gobble up houses if it keeps a third of America in homes this winter. That's nice of you. But dude, I just I couldn't imagine what what the world would look like if that happened. Well, hopefully we know we don't have to find out. Well, all right. So what do you guys want? How do you want this to play out? Do you want? I want them the, to pass this and then immediately get back to work and pass another <laughs> that, one. Yeah, exa- yeah. I mean, when's inauguration day? January 20th. 21st or so nothing's yeah. happening until then at the earliest. They're going into holiday. These They love their month-long recesses. <laughs> They're a joke. They're an absolute, absolute joke. fucking joke. Like virtually every single one of them, I think, is an absolute joke. Yeah. Well, that that I mean, we don't have to get into a lot of detail. I know we've been talking for a while, but like the point about AOC refusing to bring Medicare for all for a vote. Oh, despite, what a pussy, dude! All of them, man. All yeah. of the liberals, Bernie, AOC, the squad—they are all barking, no bite. They they have a chance, dude. They have a chance to put all of the House on the floor in a pandemic. And say we want an on the record vote that you don't want health care for all Americans, and they don't have the balls to do it. So when the camera's on her, she goes on her spiels, and and when she's behind her keyboard, yes. But then when it actually comes to putting words into action and putting her name on a vote for something that she is, well, at least it seems that she's you know vehemently supporting, she doesn't. And 75% of American support or 70%, whatever it was. Yeah. Just, and they've come up with every excuse in the book to why they're not going to do it. Oh, it's not going to pass. It's not worth the time. Yeah. It's just like, like if, if we're not going to win, then w- what's worth doing it? Like, like what, what, what's worth trying? It's like, like it, it's not going to pass. I, that's why I like, pro- let's privatize the government. 
I mean, could, like, could you imagine that holding, you know, in a business environment, no. No. in a corporate environment? Yeah, we're going to take fucking six months to, I mean, you saw how it happened at Tulip, right? Nah, we, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We, we promise. We'll get it figured out. Years Deadline later. Comes. Nope, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And look, look what happens to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? They They bear the repercussions where these politicians they don't have anything to lose by not doing it nothing to lose nothing. man they, they actually have things They're to play gain with by house not money. doing anything just no risk fly under the radar it's a travesty don't create any waves it was making me think because they combined this bill with the government stemu- um, spending bill for next year like the n- next year's budget or whatever it was which was like one point something trillion dollars it's like think about dude how big the fucking government must be if we've got to write one point something trillion dollar checks to give all these people, well, jobs. think about it. You got people like on the on the you know on the local level, like Steve sucking the nipple, yep, of the government, just bleeding away money for not doing anything, just going into work and yanking taking, it, taking big poops. <laughs> and there's a lot of people like that out there. <laughs> Never mind oh, the incompetence man. of just the people in Congress making a quarter mil a year. So, who would you have at your dinner? McConnell, Pelosi, <laughs> AOC? Probably AOC, AOC if I can buy her a drink. No, she's a prude, dude. There's no way she'd want to talk to you. She's, she's cute. Um, no, I you couldn't pay me to sit down with Mitch McConnell or Pelosi. If you gave me a free ticket to dinner with them, I'd, I'd pass. No, you'd go and just fuck the place up. <laughs> It would you be just, so you funny to know... see Mitch McConnell beat the shit out of Jared, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, can, just can, the fucking smackdown. Can you just picture, like, his face and his reaction and, like, his little neck pussy wobbling of, like, him being startled <laughs> if I flip the table? He's just, oh! It's a little gobble. But you just Dude. know you, would, you wouldn't even be meeting with another human. Like, that's why when they were talking about Biden-Trump doing, like, a four-hour <laughs> debate on Rogan, like, dude, it wouldn't even be good because they would just be they're not robots. Humans. Yeah, they're robots. They just read off cue Trump, cards. Trump's more human, but in kind of not the best way. Not, not <laughs> the way you want. He's, not he's the just way all you hot want. air. Um, I don't know who who my choice would be. I mean, Joe Rogan would certainly be up there. Oh, I figured dude. that. That's all you need. You just be getting right under the table, <laughs> crawling over to the other side, getting a little luck, luck. Yeah. <laughs> um. You guys go first. I didn't really think about it much Christ. today. Go ahead, Adam. Um, so I don't know if you guys will recognize this name. So I did say that it could be someone who's alive or who's not. So I went with the who's not. And I would have lunch or dinner with Gavriel Princep. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> I will tell you, Tyler. Gavriel Princep is the Serbian nationalist who... In 1914, assassinated. <laughs> of course, Adam would pick the art. No, listen, the Archduke Fra- uh, Franz Ferdinand, who at the time, you know, was, you know, part of the Austria-Hungarian Empire. Which <laughs> this guy so started he, World War One. He started World War One, man. Does he so, speak English? Um, no. So I would need a translator because I'm pretty. <laughs> you don't sure know Serbian. I I don't. I missed that class. Um, 
But yeah, just like the domino effect that his actions caused. Because when you think about it, like World War One happens with all the militarization and talk about industrial war complex. People were dying to use their new toys, uh, introduce a whole new form of warfare. Germany gets pretty much left with the bill, destroys their economy, allows Hitler to enter that vacuum. World War Two pretty much created like the dynamic of superpowers that we have today. Yeah. So current geopolitical landscape. Definitely. I would have a what lot. Would you, of, what would you talk to him about? Well, I would just fucking tell him, like, dude, do you realize like what you did? <laughs> and he'd like, be like, at- "No, I've been dude, dead for." He, yeah, he he died in 1918. So, and he was 19 when he uh, assassinated um, the Archduke. So, 23 when he passed away in jail. So, yeah, I would just like, dude, like, let me just tell you all the things. That you caused. you think he'd care or have any understanding? Be, of what sure, you're I think about? he'd be interested. I mean he he wanted he wanted Serbian independence, so he would be happy to know that Serbia is its own independent country now. So I guess his actions did lead to something good. So it's more for him than for you. You just want to tell him that. I want to be able stuff. to like see his face and you're like, dude, do you realize what you did and like the domino effect that you caused? Most of it, you know, a lot of it terrible unfortunately, but it also has shaped the way the world is today in a lot of ways. So I, I, I can't name too many people in history that, you know, were very insignificant at the time, but had that great of an impact on Butterfly effect. generations. Absolutely. So it was either him or George Lucas, but I went with him. Ooh, Georgie. Because I want to know what That'd the hell cool. was going That'd, on yeah. inside of George Lucas's head when he decided to create a galaxy far, far away. Well, what I would do to go back in time and be able to see Star Wars, when did it come out? 77? Somewhere, yeah. it was late yeah. 70s, right? Yeah, something like What that. I would do to be able to see that when it came out, when like nothing like that had been done and really appreciated it, I think that would have been so fucking cool. Because when we saw Star Wars, it was cool, but it was just another movie. Yeah, it was that movie that like our dads were like, oh, you got to watch Star Wars, because I Dude. watched it. People and, used to go to they Star Wars played in the movie theaters for like two years because that's the only way you could watch movies back then was in the theater. It played for like two years. It was so popular. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to talk to George Lucas, but George Prince I'd, would get. My I'd vote. love to get his opinion on the last three movies. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ty. Who are the two seats? Oh, oh, it's so, three people. I thought it was one. I did no. say three, but. Well, my, my second three? C would have been George Lucas. Okay. And my third would have been would have been a current person, would have been Steve Smith, just because he's my favorite athlete. <laughs> I knew there'd be a him. Panther in there. Yeah, I want to talk to him. And that's Jared, it. Jared, do you know yet? Yeah, so I, I know who my first one would be. James Madison. Joe, I was going to say Joe Rogan. <laughs> so James Madison, I just Google. I guess he's the guy who wrote the Constitution. Well, he's the father of the Constitution. Like he introduced, like the main framework. For yeah. It. So I, I just think that's so fascinating. I think like these guys came up with this document, which paved the way for America to become the world's strongest superpower, and still is relevant hundreds of years later. That'd be really cool to hear. Like, dude, what made our, you come up with these ideas? Yeah, our Constitution is the longest, still like the the, the oldest Constitution that's still used today. Super obviously, relevant, more relevant know, than ever with, with, you know, several changes obviously made, but still like, it's pretty fucking wild with how long some countries 
and empires have been around that eventually just turned into regular sovereign nations who have changed their government several times over. We've only been around for 230 years and our government's been the same for pretty much that entire period of time. Yeah. Just so that's pretty wild. So I give him one. I'll give um, Joe Rogan two because I think Joe would be a good guess. Um, three. Oof, that's a tough one. Um, All right. Why? Why? While you think, why doesn't why, why doesn't Ty just go okay. with, with at least yeah, one so or I two? I didn't go into the past very much at all. Okay. Like, all my guys are very much alive and well. So I, I did <laughs> uh, Dave Chappelle. Ooh, one. that'd be good. It's a good one. Yeah, and then Portnoy would be two. Por- Portnoy was just in my head as my possible third. He'd be a good guess. Yeah, and then Travis Scott because it'd be uh, <laughs> just an absolutely lit dinner. Yeah. How, have you guys seen the videos of people like ordering a Travis Scott meal at McDonald's? Like that's yeah. a real thing on the menu. I've aren't yeah. like don't the people that work there get like pissed off? Like I don't know where the fucking Travis Scott meal is or something, something like, like that. that. I don't know what's in it, but yeah, you can order a Travis Scott meal. Right. I guess the reason why I went with two historical people is because I feel like a history teacher. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of history for sure. But obviously, like with with someone like Chappelle and Portnoy, I feel like we know them. We know so much about them. I almost feel like that. I I talk to Dave like once a week just because of how much. Well, I guess they're both Dave's. But seeing their like his stand up gigs and watching Portnoy's rants because everything's just so personalized now and he's very authentic um, yeah intimate now it, it's just it's it's crazy how much we get exposed to what's going on in their life so in a, in a lot of ways i feel like i know a lot about them already not that it still wouldn't be interesting to you know have a beer with all right i'll substitute portnoy for brady brady should okay. have been on there anyway so who's wait, Chappelle, so he, brady oh, travis scott sorry travis yeah. scott Okay. All right. So I'm revising mine. I'm cutting Rogan. <laughs> what? So we got, so we got wow. James Madison. Oh my. Joey Diaz, who I think is significantly more funny than Joe Rogan in terms of just like storytelling and the crazy shit he's been through. Um, so I think he'd be hysterical. And then third, Frank the Tank. <laughs> Christ Almighty. So it'd be me, Uncle Joey, and James Madison and Frank the Tank. That'd be one hell of a fucking dinner, guys. I wouldn't be able to get a word in edgewise. <laughs> you probably wouldn't want to. You just want to let them go and just see what happens. I, I get this picture like James Madison being super deep. Joey <laughs> Diaz be like, so you're fucking telling me? And Frank <laughs> drooling on himself saying, all right, <laughs> I don't even know. It doesn't make Drink, him talking nonsense. Drinking like peanut butter soda cake oh, or whatever the hell he would, whatever it is. Yeah. Disgusting piece of shit. That was a good one, though. That was interesting. Um, so before we uh, sign off, what what do we think? Are we going to do a live episode on Saturday? I don't know if I want to commit to one. Are we going to try to do a live episode at all? We, we can't. Well, we're, dude, we're all we, on vacation we got, next week. We got all of next week as well. Yeah, we're all on vacation. Okay. So I, I, I say, cool. yeah, I, I mean, say we Saturday, do a live one. If we feel one. like doing it, we can. But if we're out and about, like, I don't want to plan the well, night around it i'm not Tom saying is, doing it at night i'm saying doing it like when we all get up there well tom and steve are going to be there i don't know if that changed anything but i mean i guess we they could all join in too but we'll figure it out but i, I yeah. just thought it'd be i, I would that'd be funny as hell to do a live episode 
That would be for, yeah. I mean, de- if if not Saturday, definitely the week after, because like any one of those days, I got nothing going on. So nothing planned. All right, Just somewhere somewhere office. in the middle, going to be coming at you live and in person. Soon Boom. enough. Sign us off, baby. I love you guys.